Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. How you doing, Christy? Doing well. Good. Doing well. You? It's fine. Just busy. It's been a little bit since we got to do one of these. Um, I know. In the process of moving and selling my house and stuff like that, and that has taken up a lot more time than I thought it would, mm-hmm. as I think that usually does for people. Well, I experienced the same thing moving into an apartment, so it just, life happens. It does, yeah. But we're back now, we and happy to be back. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us today on Healing at the Speed of Light. This is our patient-focused podcast, which means we're going to be talking about things that patients want to know, not things that doctors want to know so much. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we're not going to get super technical. We're going to try and give you information about a condition and the treatments for it and whether or not laser therapy can be helpful for it in simple plain language terms that should be easy to understand and then maybe can lead you to be making, hopefully, uh, better choices for your own health care. That's our goal here is to give out information that's um, research-based mm-hmm. but is going to be hopefully helpful for the average person out there who's looking for a good solution to whatever healthcare challenges are facing. Right. And there are solutions. Just and that's what's exciting about laser therapy. Yeah, and, and more and more that we know every year. So we're looking at a study today that came out in 2019. Um, and we're going to be talking about carpal tunnel uh, syndrome. So mm-hmm. carpal tunnel syndrome is something a lot of people have heard about. You know, not every uh, wrist or hand pain issue is going to be a carpal tunnel problem. That's what a lot of times I'll have people come in mm-hmm. and they'll say, oh, well, I have, you know, I have, I have hand pain over here and I think it's carpal tunnel. There's a few simple ways, actually, to figure out if you might have carpal tunnel. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what carpal tunnel syndrome is. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the different ways to try and address and fix it. Does it always need to have surgery? Is surgery even the best option? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go through all that and welcome your comments and questions as we go here. If we don't answer anything that you want to know about, do send us an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can get a hold of us and we will do anything we can to try and help you out. Mm-hmm. So carpal tunnel syndrome. Do you know what carpal tunnel syndrome is? It has something to do with the wrist. It does have something to do with the wrist, yes. So it's a very fancy way of talking about the tunnel through the wrist where the nerve and several other tendons go. And I've got a a really nice little picture I'm going to throw up here for us. Nice. So, uh, let's see. So right here we've got a picture of the wrist, the hand, and one of the nerves that goes down into the hand is called the median nerve, and it only really serves the thumb, the palm, and the first two fingers, plus kind of that one edge of the ring finger there. So this is never going to really affect the um, the pinky side of the hand. Mm-hmm. So if you have if you have pain or numbness or tingling or problems in that pinky side, it's not going to be carpal tunnel syndrome. If you have symptoms in the rest of the hand, it, it's possible that it could be. Uh, carpal tunnel syndrome and so what happens if you're looking at this picture if you're looking at where that nerve goes through the underside of the wrist there Mm -hmm. you've got a narrow channel where the nerve has a little bit of space to get through that channel and it shares that space with a number of other tendons and some other tissues but there's only so much room for it there so if it gets irritated if it gets injured or damaged it can swell and that's what you see on the on the right side of that picture at least it's my right side is there's some swelling along that nerve 
And because that nerve is swollen, it's getting itself trapped in that very narrow tunnel. So think about this. Um, think about this as like if you have your arm up on the back of a chair and mm -hmm. you're resting it there and it falls asleep. What does that feel like? Numb. It and you just it starts to get painful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. Exactly. And mm -hmm. and that's because you're you're putting pressure against the nerve mm -hmm. and the artery and the vein, and it's cutting off circulation to the nerve and so that that pressure on there ends up giving you those symptoms that numbness mm -hmm. that pain that burning but that's a really simple one to fix if your arms falling asleep on a chair how do you fix that one you take your arm off the chair it, exactly and then you get the pins and needles and the you know yeah different kinds of pain mm -hmm. yep and as the nerve is getting more circulation mm -hmm. you actually do get some mm -hmm. level of discomfort with that too so this is kind of the same thing only it's happening in the wrist rather than up here and you can't just take the pressure off the wrist by moving your hand you know uh, a lot of times people will have pain at night that is relieved by kind of shaking the arm out mm -hmm. maybe over the edge of the bed trying to kind of get some more circulation in there and that a lot of times will relieve it temporarily um, but you know there's not a simple uh, solution like taking your arm off the back of a chair for a carpal tunnel and so if it's there. in the wrist why I mean and this just doesn't happen immediately this is an over the course of time situation correct in most cases that's exactly right there are some a few cases where you might have an injury <clears throat> excuse me an injury to the to the wrist where you have a lot of swelling and that impinges on the nerve uh, if you sprain the wrist and you fall on it a, a break a bad break can do the same thing very quickly but no that's unusual most of these cases that we see gradually happen over time mm -hmm. and so then the question is why right right so there's several different things that can really generate a lot of the uh, irritation along the nerve and a lot of them go back to repetitive motion, mm -hmm. repetitive improper motion. And you'll see this with people that have a lot of fine motor skills that they have to do with the hand, the wrist, mm -hmm. the forearm, overhead work where they're doing a lot of this kind of motion can do it. Um, a lot of wrist action, just depending on the, a lot of times it's job related. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's the most common is that kind of repetitive motion, kind of chronic inflammation, and that starts to build up pressure within that tunnel and it puts that pressure against the nerve. The nerve starts to swell. Uh, it releases a lot of inflammatory um, uh, factors within, mm -hmm. within the tunnel itself and that actually causes more swelling and so it's this kind of compounding factor. Some of it too, if you, correct me if I'm wrong, but it could be improper uh, posture or you know, positioning of your hands, your body as you're working at a desk, at a computer, you know, using a mouse, and keyboard, you know, that sort of thing. That seems to be a lot of the common times that I've heard about this becoming an issue. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly right. That's ergonomics is, mm -hmm. the, is the term we use to describe kind of how your desk is set up, you know, the height of your mouse and things like mm -hmm. that because absolutely that is a big one um, and that goes into, you know, improper positioning. So a lot of people will have their mouse hand, uh, if they do a lot of desk work, with a bend to it, kind of a downward bend to the wrist and they're doing this. Well, that mm -hmm. actually puts more pressure onto that carpal tunnel, makes you more prone to have this irritation. Um, so yes, absolutely, that is a significant factor. Or typing with the wrong type of keyboard, wrong mm -hmm. type of angle, you end up doing one of these with the wrist bent down. That mm -hmm. puts that more pressure on there. You want to have a little bit of um, extension in the wrist, where the wrist is kind of pulled up a little bit. If you're if you're on the audio only version, you know, pulling the wrist up, kind of the back of the hand goes up. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. 
Another time people really notice this too is, is nighttime. And that's because we get in all kinds of weird positions when we sleep. Mm-hmm. Whether that's uh, on your side or on your back. If you end up with your, your wrist bent downward mm-hmm. while you're asleep, then the symptoms will wake you up also. Is that why I've seen people wear braces at night? Yes. Don't spoil where we're going, though. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly right. And that's something we're going to cover when it comes to good solutions for carpal tunnel syndrome. A lot of times the night pain can be easily addressed pretty quickly. Okay. So we're going to get there in just a minute. Okay. But yeah, that kind of covers uh, some of the, a lot of the causes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just don't know, but it's always good to check and see what your workstation is like, whether mm-hmm. you're in manufacturing or desk work, um, or you're driving a lot. You know, check and mm-hmm. see what your ergonomics are like. There's a lot of uh, professionals, physical therapists and such out there, occupational therapists for mm-hmm. sure, that do a lot of work with um, with ergonomics. Getting an ergonomic evaluation is probably a good idea if you're having, especially chronic back and neck pain episodes it gets worse while you're at work or carpal tunnel pain um and so uh you know knowing about some of these things can be really good getting some help to get your workstation evaluated is is usually a good idea too so there's a couple of really easy tests to be able to tell whether or not you have carpal tunnel syndrome and these are not foolproof Mm -hmm. all right but there's a couple of things that you can just do at home and kind of test yourself and see if what you have is maybe arthritis hand pain instead of carpal tunnel syndrome. Mm-hmm. There's ulnar tunnel syndrome. I mean, there, there's, uh, a, excuse me, cubital tunnel syndrome is what it's called, where the ulnar nerve gets pinched. There's, there's several different things, but there's a couple of really easy tests that you can do okay. to test and see if you might have carpal tunnel syndrome. All, right, every, so. all wrist pain, they people just tend to say, oh, it's carpal tunnel. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it might be. You and know, and carpal be. tunnel mm-hmm. is, is fairly common. Uh, from the study we're looking at today, they say, uh, about one to five percent of people in the world are going to end up having carpal tunnel syndrome. It is more common in women than in men. Really, a little bit. Interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's it is fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of easy tests that you can do. Number one, you're just going to take your hand and set it palm up, mm-hmm. and then you're going to tap on the wrist, the dead center of the wrist, right here. And what you're going to do, just tap, 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 tap. And if you feel little shoots of numbness or pain or burning that goes out into the fingers, especially the thumb or the first couple of fingers, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good indicator that that nerve is under some kind of compression there. Okay. It's called Tennell's test. There'll be a test. So Tennell's. Yeah, you better remember I'll it. try to remember that. <laughs> no. So it's just a tapping. Just tap right on that carpal tunnel area. And by applying that little bit of pressure to the nerve, a lot of times you'll get symptoms if there is a carpal tunnel issue. Okay. Another test you can do is you put your hands together like you're praying. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get the uh, the arms kind of down. and So you got a, almost like a 90 degree angle uh, uh, at the wrist, right? And mm-hmm. then you push your hands together. So if you were imagining uh, trying to... Uh, you know, take a little ball and squeeze it totally flat between your hands. That's what we're doing right now. Yep. And you hold this for about 30 seconds. You hold it and you hold it and hold it. And if you start to get tingling, burning, numbness, anything like that in those first three fingers especially, that's a good indicator that you may have carpal tunnel syndrome there too. Okay. So two quick, easy tests you can do. If neither one of those really shows up as, you know, gives you any pain out into the fingers, it's less likely that you have carpal tunnel syndrome still you're gonna probably need a workup from an actual physician Mm -hmm. so don't take this as medical advice this is just something you can do at home to see if you might have an issue potentially with this Mm -hmm. carpal tunnel the best way to do um 
testing for the carpal tunnel is to actually stick uh, some needles into the nerves yeah. and then run current through them and see if that nerve conducts <laughs> very well. It's super pleasant. Yes, yeah. very super pleasant. Super pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> We're being sarcastic here. Um, uh, there's a couple of other tests where they can test the con conductivity mm -hmm. of the nerve. That's your best test, but these little physical tests are a good place to start for a lot of it's people a good, too. It's a good start, yeah, yeah for sure. So. Uh, another test that can be done is an ultrasound, a diagnostic ultrasound at the wrist. Um, we can actually see the nerve mm -hmm. uh, on the ultrasound and we can measure how big the nerve is in the carpal tunnel and then further up the, the wrist. And if we see a lot of swelling, then we know that nerve is under a lot of pressure. So that's okay. completely painless, of course, non-invasive. Right. That's a good test. We do those all the time. So. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's kind of what carpal tunnel syndrome is. Mm -hmm. That's kind of some of the ways you can diagnose it. A couple little tests for you, for you at home. Uh, you can also uh, get some actual workup, which is always a good idea, mm -hmm. uh, from a qualified healthcare professional, and that will help you get a good, accurate diagnosis and treatment plan together. Um, and so that's usually the next question, right? Mm -hmm. What do we do to fix it? What do you do to fix it? Yep. Do you have to have surgery? I, in my experience with dealing with people with um, carpal tunnel, um, no. Right. Yes. Um, now, it is a really minor surgery. Uh, the outcomes are typically very good. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to put down the surgeons too much. Um, surgery can be great for severe cases of carpal tunnel syndrome, but right. the mild to moderate cases really can do well with conservative care. And if there's an option for not surgery, that's usually best. Yeah. I mean, yeah, usually. When there is, when surgery is necessary, yes. Absolutely. If there's yeah. a way to avoid it, by all means, let's look into it. Yeah. You know, even with simple surgeries like this, mm -hmm. you can still, there's a very small percentage of poor outcomes, mm -hmm. nerve injuries and things like that. And so if there's any way to stay away from that and still get a good result, um, that's typically what we want to try first. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and bring you some quotes from, from this uh, research that we're looking at today. Now, this research uh, article is titled... A comparative study of the dose-dependent effects of low-level and high-intensity photobiomodulation laser therapy on pain and electrophysiological parameters in patients with carpal tunnel syndrome, again published in 2019 um, in the European Journal of Physical and Rehabilitation Medicine. Essentially, they're just talking about uh, laser therapy of a couple of different types for carpal tunnel syndrome pain. Okay, but to lead into that, you know. Um, what should we be looking at? They say, although surgical management of the disease is associated with satisfactory outcomes, there's a 19% chance of symptom recurrence. And 12% of the patients will require revision surgery. That's actually a pretty large portion that, is. Uh, that will end up needing a second surgery. Mm -hmm. They say, according to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeon guidelines, non-operative interventions are preferred to surgical treatments in most cases. Again, in a severe case, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and get, you know, if you're losing muscle, if you mm -hmm. if you have no sensation, especially if it's gone on for a long time, surgery is probably going to be your best bet. But if this just happens at nighttime or it only happens when you're at work, you know, and it's not that bad, you're not losing muscle, it's, it's um, you know, it, when I say not that bad, it can definitely be interfering with your life. But, right. you know, you're not, uh, you don't have permanent nerve damage. It's more come and go at this point. Then it's going to be best to look at the conservative care options. So what are conservative care options? When you when you think conservative care, what do you, what do you think of? Well, exercise. Yeah. Um, PT, 
you know, strengthening, you know, getting, I mean, you don't want to go the drug option, um, but, you know, those are a couple things that pop into my head, mm-hmm. other than what we are here to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Laser therapy, <laughs> right? So. But yeah, no, that's exactly right. Most people, mm-hmm. that's what they think. Um, you know, some, some physical therapy, some stretching, you know, um, and that's exactly what they, these guys say. They say, you know, conservative management means exercise therapy, splinting, which we'll talk about in just a moment, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory drugs, corticosteroid injections, which don't all seem that conservative to me, um, magnet therapy, electrotherapy, and laser therapy for especially mild and moderate cases. They say these methods have less associated costs and side effects than surgery. So it's going to be cheaper and it's going to be safer than Mm -hmm. surgery. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of these. Um, Number one is that night brace. You already brought it up, Mm -hmm. but because a lot of people have pain at nighttime, whenever they get into that kind of wrist bent over position, Mm you can get some really cheap, really effective braces, and you can get these like anywhere. Right. Um, and you just put them on at night, and they just keep a little bit of wrist extension mm-hmm. so that you don't end up in that position where the wrists are cranked over. I've got a picture here. So mm-hmm. basically, it just holds the wrist in that position. You don't wear these during the day, you just wear them at night, but they give a lot of people a lot of relief. And the nice thing is if you wear these at night, they prevent the nerve from being impinged during that long period at night. And so it actually can help the nerve recover faster if you wear the nighttime braces. Now, if you don't have nighttime pain, um, this might not be a good fit for you. But most people can benefit from a nighttime splint for carpal tunnel if they have true carpal tunnel syndrome. And like I said, they're cheap. I think they're like 20 30 bucks. Yeah, you can get them almost anywhere that mm-hmm. I've seen. And they have that little stabilizing bar in there. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and that can work really well. Mm-hmm. That's that's money well spent, in my opinion, in mm-hmm. almost every case. So that's not a bad place to start. And you know what? If you think you have carpal tunnel, but you're not totally sure, and you're waiting to go see your primary care doc, or you can't get in to see your you know your local laser therapy office mm-hmm. uh, right away, you can go ahead and pick up a set of these nighttime braces and try them out because they're not going to hurt anything. Right. And they might be really helpful. So definitely look into trying some of those nighttime braces. Now, they talk about medications and corticosteroid injections as being part of conservative care here, but we know there's risks mm-hmm. to anti-inflammatory drugs. You know, not short-term use as much, but certainly on long-term use. So if we can avoid right. these drugs, that's really going to be better. And when it comes to the corticosteroid, corticosteroids do really well with reducing inflammation, and that should help the swelling in that carpal tunnel to come down. However, there are side effects to that. There Mm -hmm. are some dangers, uh, some risks to that. And they actually say later on in this paper that when they compared the effects of laser therapy and corticosteroid injections, there was no significant difference between the two interventions. Mm -hmm. So laser therapy is just as effective as corticosteroid, only there's no needle. There's no injection. So... Aren't injections more temporary as well? They can be, especially if you've got like the ergonomic issues that you brought mm-hmm. up earlier. You know, if you keep mm-hmm. doing the same things, it's adding strain into that joint, or I'm sorry, into that tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to continue to get irritated after that injection wears off. Because we know laser therapy regenerates. Yes, and corticosteroids do not regenerate. Right. You know, they actually can weaken bone and connective tissue. So Mm -hmm. generally, you know, I'm going to say not a good idea. There's just so many other things that can be done that are are safer, less invasive, um, and maybe that work just as good or better. Mm -hmm. So, And one thing, as we were talking, addressing this earlier on 
is better. If you let it go too long, obviously the more invasive options may end up being yeah required. Let me let me tell you my dad's story real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he won't mind. He uh, was dealing with some hand pain um, and was getting checked out by a local healthcare provider, and they they thought he was having problems with his neck. So they were treating the neck conservatively. Um, he was getting some chiropractic adjusting for the neck, but it was not getting any better. Um, and so his condition went on for a while until I was finally able to see him. And I checked out his hands and I realized he was losing muscle mass around the thumb. Hmm. And that is a hallmark sign for a severe case of carpal tunnel syndrome. So I went ahead and got him sent off uh, to the surgeon right away. He absolutely needed that surgery. He had that surgery done. He had an excellent outcome. But if that had gone on a lot longer, it would have been maybe irreversible. And it had already gone on long enough that he was atrophying in the hand. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad's a really healthy, strong guy, and so he came out really well. But not everybody is. And if you're a diabetic, if you have these complicating issues, your recovery could take longer the longer you wait. So, yeah, exactly. Don't wait. Well, and if I can share a story, I'm mm-hmm. familiar with a, a person who came in with potential uh, surgery required for both hands we were able to provide laser therapy and avoid the surgery completely mm-hmm. so um, yeah I have personal experience with with people I know yeah um, so yeah that, it's, it's a very viable option it absolutely is yeah we see this every day so mm-hmm. um, you mentioned already you know that laser therapy actually helps to repair the nerve mm-hmm. And, and that is really the big point here. You know, people are looking at um, things like uh, like physical therapy or, or over-the-counter drugs, exercises being a lot of times a temporary fix, you know, mm-hmm. to make it feel better for now. What if it comes back? The nice thing with laser therapy is not only does it decrease the swelling and improve circulation in that area, it actually helps to regenerate any damage to that nerve and right. to the muscles as well, mm-hmm. um, which is, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. So yeah, we, we see really good results on this all the time, and um, uh, a lot of times people um, think of it as more of a temporary thing, but if, if, if it's handled correctly, especially for these mild to moderate cases, it's not a temporary fix, it is right. a lasting fix that we expect right. to do well forever until mm-hmm. you do something goofy to, you know, repetitively injure yeah, it again. There's always that. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so uh, if you're if you're hearing us talk, and this is maybe one of the first times you've been joining us, uh, we're talking about laser therapy, not burning, cutting, ablative surgical lasers. We're talking about using light mm-hmm. to stimulate the biology of the cells in the body without cutting, burning, or heat or anything like that. And what happens if you use the right kind of light? It actually shines right through the skin. Mm-hmm. It interacts with those cells and speeds up the rate at which they create energy they it increases circulation as well and so you're generating the body's own healing mechanisms by using this very specific kind of light so in this particular study that they did they used lasers infrared lasers of two different kinds Mm -hmm. uh, to try to stimulate this repair of all these patients so they had a bunch of patients divided into two groups and um, uh, actually, excuse me, into four different groups. Okay. And you had two groups that got one kind of laser and two groups got another kind of laser. And they wanted to compare and see which kind of lasers are doing the best. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the next piece here. We already know that laser therapy can work really well for carpal tunnel syndrome. That's exactly what they saw in this study. Yeah. All the patients got better. Mm-hmm. But 
not all lasers are created equal. So no. we do need to make sure you're getting the right kind of laser therapy if you're going to be seeking out light, light therapy uh, for carpal tunnel syndrome. So uh, the researchers in this study that we mentioned, they divided up all, all these patients into four groups and everybody received five sessions of laser therapy over a two week period. So like three times in the first week, two times in the second week. And then they did follow up um, three weeks after that to see where everybody was. So not mm -hmm. only you know right after the last treatment, that's not what they were focused on. They were focused on after that, right. after some time had gone by to see if this was you know uh, lasting improvement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They also received a home-based written program of exercises um, to in, in increase mobility in the wrist, do some stretching, very, very simple stuff, but everybody did that as well as the, uh, the, the laser therapy. And so um, what they saw in all these groups is that all of them had decreased pain and they had improved nerve conduction. So they actually measured how well the nerves were conducting mm -hmm. and everybody improved. There was a group that improved the most. And so that's what we're going to talk about because we want to get the very best effects that you can right. uh, with laser therapy. Let's see. I've got one other quote here I want to give you on that one. So they, they the two different groups here, they compared low-level laser therapy, low-power laser therapy, to high-intensity laser therapy. Now, they have the same mechanisms of action. They work the same, but the equipment's quite a bit different. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, what they did is they used a very low power laser to just address very small spots mm -hmm. along the wrist where that nerve is. And then they also used the high intensity laser to cover a larger area. So the dosing was actually the same. And so they, you've got, you got to understand with laser therapy, there's a lot of different devices out there and you're not going to really know. I mean, you can get on Amazon and find something for laser therapy and it's going to look maybe, maybe kind of like this where you've got a little, it's basically a laser pointer, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be a lot less effective than some of the thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 professional units that are used at healthcare facilities. And take a whole lot more time. It, it can, it can. Now, to shorten the time, what they a lot of times will do with these very low power lasers that only treat very tiny spots, is they will treat one tiny spot, and then they'll do another tiny spot, and then they'll do another tiny spot, and each one maybe two, three, four minutes, and then they're done. So they're, they're treating very small areas mm -hmm. in order to give that small area enough time to soak up enough light okay. to get to a dosage. But that means that you're only hitting little points along the nerve you know you're not you're not really addressing and I don't know if you guys can see this on the video form here but you're addressing very very small spot sizes and so um, there's actually a little bit of a disadvantage here because you have to be right on target if you're gonna do this whereas with a, a higher intensity device your handpiece uh, gives you a much larger spot size you're covering a very large area here Mm -hmm. And you can still deliver the same energy dose quicker to a larger area. When they compared the small handpiece, small spot size, mm -hmm. the, the low power laser to the high power laser, again, everybody got better. But the folks that got the high intensity laser with the large spot size, they got better faster. They got more relief. They had more nerve conduction improvement as well. So not only did they feel better, the nerves were performing better. Isn't that because you're getting more of the broader area? Because it's not just that piece, from what I remember and understand, but it's 
all the tissues and muscles and fibers around and surrounding the affected area. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You've got, you know, the carpal tunnel itself is kind of a large tunneled structure right through here. It's not a pinpoint, you know, area. It, it covers a large area and that's just for the main nerve trunk. But then you've got all the nerve branches that go out into the hand mm -hmm. and trying to hit all those different branches with a very tiny laser aperture, it would be almost impossible. Uh, they actually say in here that the anatomical variations in nerve distribution uh, as well as this lack of transferred energy to the nerve due to soft tissue blockage in the wrist area are the main reasons for the failure of treatment using lower dosages of laser therapy. So these really, really small, you know, tiny spots that you, you try and get, you might be missing it. You're not covering enough of that territory and you're, you're missing all these different branches of the nerve. Mm -hmm. um, so the more the nerve you can expose to good light therapy, the more effective your treatment's going to be. Mm -hmm. You can actually track with the nerve and all of its nerve endings. Mm -hmm. And simply sitting here and trying to swing a small laser spot size around to cover it all, you're not delivering enough power mm -mm. to cover all of that. Right. So head-to-head -head comparison here, the high-intensity laser came out better. Again, all of the people got better. So right. the, the low-level laser right. therapy can work very well too. You know, There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking for the quickest, the best relief, you're going to find it through the high intensity laser therapy, at least that's what this paper showed. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what you wanna look for if you are seeking out light therapy for a carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, you wanna get laser therapy because it works very well. Mm -hmm. Some stretching, some exercises can be excellent as well. If you have the choice of what type of laser is getting used on you, look for less of this small, tiny little spot size, tiny little handpiece. You wanna look at more of a, a large handpiece. Uh, something something kind of along along these lines here if you're watching the video with us um, actually Chris would you hand me that over there there's also some some robotic scanners that are out there uh, that may look you know something like like this where the laser actually comes out here and is applied kind of from a distance uh, those can work quite well too generally you want to be seeing a large area of light illumination on the wrist, on the hand, on the fingers, mm -hmm. because that's going to give you the, the best and the fastest results in general. So, um, so that that's, yeah, that's about it. Exciting. Yeah. We know it works. Yeah. For most, I mean, it just for, it's just very successful. It is, yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth looking into um, and if you're looking at, uh, you know, getting a good diagnosis done and then getting effective laser therapy, it works out quite well pretty much for everybody. Even if you've got uh, laser therapy that's maybe not on the highest end, it's probably still going to do you quite a bit mm -hmm. of good. Just over a longer period of time. Well, and that's actually the last point I want to make. Yeah, in this particular study, they only did the five treatments, mm -hmm. right, over two weeks. And they saw a significant decrease in pain, but people went from about a 6.5 out of 10 to about a 4.5 out of 10. Which, I mean, that's a 30% improvement. It's still good, but it could be better. It could definitely be better. So, you know, think about five treatments is probably not enough for most people. You're going to see five to 15 treatments maybe um, for a significant improvement. Uh, some more resistant cases may be more than that. Maybe go out over more time. Um, but, but definitely be looking for a professional who's using laser therapy, not mm -hmm. just 
something you buy off of uh, Amazon or right. or uh, somebody that's got something in their garage they said they can use or a, a heat lamp, an infrared heat lamp. It's not the same thing. Well, the right treatment, the right settings, I mean, we've talked about this before. Um, it matters. I yeah. mean, you need to know, you need to go to someone who knows what they're doing. You do, yeah. So. You've, they've got to have the right equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, that was... You know, in this case, they used very good equipment on the low power and the high power laser. You, you got to go to somebody who has good equipment. And if they have good proven protocols, you know, mm -hmm. techniques to use the laser, that makes it that much more effective also. So if you're looking for someone, go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. We have a tab there uh, labeled clinics. You can mm -hmm. click on that and it'll bring up a map of laser therapy clinics throughout the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we have clinics all across the U.S. and in multiple other countries as well that are registered on our site. You can check those guys out. If you're having trouble finding somebody, shoot us an email. Info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. We'll be happy to do whatever we can to try and find somebody near you that could help you. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be putting out another one of these podcasts, hopefully in about two weeks again here, one of our patient-focused patient focused <laughs> podcasts. If you have a, a, a topic that you'd mm -hmm. like us to talk about, uh, you can also email that to us. There's a form on the website, too. You can go on there and, and suggest a topic for the website. We love reviewing the research on mm -hmm. laser therapy. Mm -hmm. We love bringing this information out. Hopefully, it is something that is helpful. Yes. And there are many other topics that they can look at on the podcast. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we're, we're getting close to 100 episodes of, yeah. of the research-based information. Incredible. All right. Well, thank you very much, Christy. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.